Welcome to Podcast Sound Advice, the place for up-to-date podcast tactics and trends. You'll find actionable strategies to help you grow your audience, expand your influence, and monetize your content. Join Phyllis and Kelvin for Podcast Sound Advice, starting now. Welcome to the Sound Advice Podcast. We have a really great guest with us today. I'm really excited. We've been looking forward to this for a little bit. Joining us is Jennifer Owens of the Breadwinners Podcast. If you don't know Jennifer, you're going to want to after hearing this interview today and talking with her. So Jennifer has worked for publications like HealthyWoman.org and the Working Mother Media. In addition to that, she's written for all kinds of publications. She helps other businesses right now with their entire messaging strategy and content strategy. So we're really super happy to have her with us today. So welcome, Jennifer. Thank you for having me. And Jennifer has been so nice. We had a little technical difficulty getting things set up today. And she... A little? (laughs) And she generously, um, on a Friday afternoon, generously just gave us a little extra time. So we really appreciate that too. Ah, you know... It's the thing that keeps us all humble as we create all this content. (laughs) Yeah, well, no kidding about that. Well, you know what, Kelvin? I know she's, you know, Jennifer's good people. And the one way we know that we know that other than she was so nice today is that she's from Ohio. Oh, that's true. That's true. I grew up in North Ridgeville, up in Lorain County. Did I know that? I don't think I knew that. Maybe we talked about that before. It's the north of the Ridgevilles. There are no other Ridgevilles, but I don't know. It's, you know, it's that whole world of North Olmstead, North Ridgeville, North Royalton. Right. You know, it's like on the east side of Cleveland where there's Geneva and Geneva on the lake. And, you know, yes. it's like, why? I don't know. But yeah, <laughs> they ran out of names. But I'm very proud to be from North Ridgeville. Very proud. Yeah. Well, it's awesome. Columbus. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> Before we kinda jump in, that's kind of how I feel about it. <laughs> okay, really quickly, she is the one part of the genius. There's a duo does the Breadwinners podcast that Jennifer has been taking care and started and created, just so that people know that you started the podcast in December of 2019. Yeah. You have already published 95 episodes, and because we are helping you with your editing, we know you've already got like five or six more in the can. You're way ahead. I think all the way through a month, the next six to eight weeks or so, which is great. So, Jennifer, why don't you tell us? Yeah, yeah. you're you're an editor's favorite because you're always so far ahead with your with your work, which is really helpful for us. So, tell me a little bit what prompted you and Raquel. I should mention Raquel Ellis. Ellison. Ellison Ellison is, well, here, I'll tell you, I'm going to, I'm going to take over the mic now. So, you know, just, I, I come from the world of content. So I was magazine editor and I was a newspaper reporter and I did all those roles and I had gone into consulting because, you know, there comes a point where the roles, you know, I don't know if you've heard about publishing, but boy, it's a a tough industry, man. Right. And Raquel Ellison, who's a work-life consultant and executive coach, and she goes in and her job is to look at why workforce teams like don't get along. You know, why is there a toxic culture? I'm doing the worst scenario, but I like to think of her swooping in and fixing, you know, like, hey, snap out of it. So she and I had been talking a while because she used to live in my neighborhood. We used to get together and have these conversations. But she then uh, moved out of the hood and moved out of the state and we missed having those conversations. And so we thought we liked having the conversations, 
But we also wanted to remind our network that we existed as experts in the work life field. So we went into it with the idea that this was a visibility play, you know, that we wanted to say, here's what we're thinking about. We think about this stuff all the time and we're experts in this. So come to us and hire us, basically. Okay, great. Yeah. And so tell people the breadwinners, you talk a lot about work life issues, but you talk a lot about work issues that's specific to women too. Not always just women, but right. But that's right. a big component of the podcast. I care about girls. You know, I mean, I like the, the thing when I was um, editor of uh, Working Mother Media, I used to always say working mothers are the vanguard. We're always in the front and then everyone is behind us. We demand what needs to happen because we usually have like, you know, a baby or other things that like we need it now. And then people who have elder care issues, people who want to go back to work and get an advanced degree, people who have like an elderly pet, you know, who knows what it is. We just become more complicated employees as we get older. We all want the same things. It's just the working mothers need it now because they have a six month old and they're back from maternity leave and they have to support their family. So everything we talk about, we want for everyone. But yeah, we tend to talk about it through a lens of serving women in the workplace. The reason why we called it the breadwinners is because there's a lot of stats. We love stats of the breadwinners, but Women's earnings are the reason the middle class still exists. Women are gaining more of the, they're coming out of high school more than boys or men. They're getting more college degrees. They are coming, you know, all the things like women's earnings are the whole reason the economy is anything that it is now. It's hiding the fact that men's earnings have been shrinking. And so everybody's working now. So if everybody works, it means our relationships to our communities and our schools and our kids and our friends and our family is all shadowed by the fact that we all have to show up and work too. Right. Yeah. Well, isn't that the truth? And especially (laughs) we're still in the midst of COVID stuff, although we all feel like there's maybe a light at the end of the tunnel. But I know a lot of the episodes you guys have done in the last six months or so Um, I mean, in some ways, you were really ahead of the curve talking about some of these issues that just became even more exaggerated, don't you feel like, with COVID and the lockdown and the change in just work, period? Yeah. You know, so when I was at Working Mother, I launched a holiday called National Flex Day. It's the only thing my kids remember that I did. (laughs) And it's during work and family month. If you're in this world, you know, the whole world, you know, like in that small world. But it's the third Tuesday of Work and Family Month, which is October. So I, I love believe it. flexible work is the answer to just about everything. You know, like either you, you have a chronic medical condition, just give me the autonomy and the responsibility. Judge me on what I produce, not right. when I produce. I completely right. believe that. Yeah. That said, it's funny because one of my favorite discussions when Raquel blew my mind was that the question is not, you know, it used to be, trying to make the business case for flexible work. Oh, it's okay. Please let your employees do it, please. And now the business case is, why does anyone need to come back to your office? You know, right. Why does that, why? And it's, you know, my husband is working from home full time now and he doesn't want to be. You know, the point of flexible work wasn't to force, you know, go from 5% of the workforce to 85% overnight forced Full-time, that wasn't the point. There, you're supposed to be flexible in your flexible work. But, I mean, you know, what they say, never miss a chance to exploit, you know, an opportunity or a, ch- a crisis or whatever that's saying. Right. Like, at least we're all learning that we could, you know, I mean, that's the thing with flexible work. A, there's many different ways to do it. It's not just about working from home all the time. Right. Every day, all day. 
But a lot of companies that never thought they could do it now realize, oh, they could. And when there's something like a blizzard or a wildfire or a pandemic, it means business can continue if people can work from anywhere. Right. Yeah, which is great. And and it does make, I think, you're right. I think it's, and it's helped employers, I think, understand that the way they can manage their people is different, right? We can manage yeah. based on, again, results and manage based on work produced and not so much about, you know, hours invested or who showed yeah. up at the meeting or whatever, which is ultimately, I think, a good thing. I do get it though. One of the, somebody else I talked to earlier this week, whose husband uh, is working from home and he's eager to get back to his office as well for a variety of yeah. reasons. And some of it, I think, is, you know, some of us are just really social people, right? And we just sort of miss our coworkers and we, they miss, I mean, I've been working from home forever, but not everybody has. And there is a social aspect to it. And it's also a little bit, I, I read an article the other day too about routine. Right. Like some of it's routine. Like people used to stop and get coffee at the locals, whatever. And, you know, they read their paper when they were just whatever. Like they just had a routine. Completely. I miss being in transit. Yeah. I miss like, there's nothing I can do. I can scroll my phone. And now if I do it, I'm like, oh, I should be hustling to get new business. I should be getting some work done. I should be, you know, there's something I can be doing. Then, yeah, the, the, what's happening now is it's so exhausting. Like either, The hustle never turns off or you're on camera all the time. Um, I have a friend who consults in on how on presentation and communication and helps you figure that all out. And she talks about how exhausting it is to always be, you know, smiling into the camera and like giving energy to the camera all the time. Because sometimes you're in those meetings, you know, when you're in body, you know, thing and you're I like, did those kinds yeah. of things. <laughs> you know, like sometimes you're just kind of laying back and your mind is wandering, but you kind of can't do that on Zoom because you're like, ooh, I look at my face when I do that. I have to, you know, geez Louise. It, it yeah. can be hard not to look at yourself as opposed to who you're supposed oh. to be paying attention to. Right. I think that every all that people know about me on Zoom, and right now, I, the way I have it set up, I can't really see myself because I'm blocked by my own mic. It's usually me doing this. Like, I don't like how my bangs are laying. And all I can think about on in a meeting is how my bangs are doing. You know, and it just... That's the good thing about podcasting. Yeah. You don't have to worry about video. Right. I agree. Yeah, it is great. And so tell us... We because we work with you now, but we were not working with you in the beginning, right? So, what about podcasting has surprised you? Uh, how much fun it is, how much of a time suck it is, <laughs> <laughs> how it's like any other platform for content. I believe, as an editor for a long time, if you are making a promise that a show will show up at a certain time. It's just like if I said every third Tuesday, my magazine shows up or every morning you'll get my newspaper or whatever it is. Yeah. That's why I'm, you know, I've got all those episodes done ahead because, you know, like it makes me nervous. The jitteriness of it is real and, but also kind of how easy it is, you know, like any good content, it's the mic is the mic, the whatever's the whatever it's what you put into it. So. So what's the hardest thing about podcasting? And I don't, uh, would never not do this, but I think it's prepping the guests. I think, you know, making guests feel comfortable for me means... And you have no control over a lot of it, especially the technology part of it. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. 
But I think making everyone feel comfortable, like so for all our guests, so we launched as just Raquel and myself every Tuesday. And then we right. had people reach out to us and say, we'd like to be part of it. And so then we started doing the interview one versions on Thursdays. Right. And that's been great. And it's made new contacts for us. And, you know, they share and it gets the word out about the podcast and yeah. um, it helps with the conversation. It's all good. But, you know, a bit of work goes into making sure those guests show up knowing what it's about. They get a little care package from me. I spend time and Raquel does too when she does them. Um, here's a draft intro. This is, you know, how we will intro you. What do you think? Um, also, here are a couple of questions and talking points. And I spend time like figuring out who they are and trying to make them comfortable so that it then flows. And then, oh, and then you chit chat beforehand, make sure they feel comfortable. And all. that takes a lot of work, you know, and it's completely, and, and I'm telling you, um, nine times out of 10, a guest will say, Wow, you know, like I felt like I was in good hands and I, I am completely flattered when they, I'm so happy for them because I want them to show their best selves. I believe you can't just turn on the mic and go, boom, you know, get going, start talking lady, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, some people think you can, and I've had people record podcasts outside in the wind. Um, it was a wonderful experience for no one. But her. <laughs> Well, that's the tech side too. And that's like, and that's where like, oh, geez, like we don't see, you know, you're looking at me, I'm in a closet next to my husband's shirts, you know, but <laughs> like, it's kind of working. You sound <laughs> fabulous. If oh, I well, there you go. It's always. I think that's a great point though, for people that want to do an interview style show or interviews occasionally even is really understanding a lot of people don't do this on a regular basis. And even those of us who do it on a regular basis somewhat, right? We all benefit from feeling really comfortable, feeling confident. I've seen some of the most talkative, confident people and still kind of freeze up a little bit when that little record button goes on, right? So it sounds like you do a great job of really prepping your guests and they have a good experience. I think it also reflects in just the quality of the conversation and the quality of the episode. And then also to be effusive, my tip to the, to the hosts out there is tell your guests how great they were because they were great and they were nervous. They don't get interviewed a lot or right. they've never been on a podcast. And while it's super common to us, it's still new to some people that, yeah, you know, thank them for their time and tell them how great they were. And we do ours early. And then I have my old right-hand woman from uh, Working Mother, Kristen, does the socials. And yep. she sends out an email to every guest when their episode goes live and says, here, this is how we're promoting it, you know, and, and kind of the implication is we'd love you to share the show as well. And most of them do because we're, you know, we're hoping that you feel like you had a great show and a great experience on it. But right. we're also, it's, you know, it's not a quid pro quo. We're just happy you came on and we want to have a great conversation. But if you are so inclined, we will help you by showing you where we posted and what we did. And here's a link right. to the show and all those kind of things. Yeah, no, which is great. And I think most guests are very, especially if they've had a good experience, obviously, right? They're more than happy to share it with their circle, whether it's on yeah. link, LinkedIn or, you know, wherever it is that they show up on a regular basis, which is great. And it's obviously it's good for them. It's easy to, because a lot of people might not be as comfortable with self-promotion, but this way they can be like, oh, you know, I was on Jennifer's podcast. She was great. Yep. She was fabulous, you know, and, but they're still obviously being able to promote themselves a little bit too, which is nice. And one thing I do try to do um, is I will listen back um, as I'm gathering up all the pieces and parts that I send you guys. Like, here's the episode description. Oh, by the way, 
we had this weird break in the middle of it or little yeah. notes like that. I will also try to listen for a nice quote that I can use later. And I have a script document for every show and I put it there. So when I go to promote them a month from now, when their show goes live, I can take the post that Kristen makes for the general and then quote them on top of it on my own socials for the Jennifer Owens socials. And then I kind of have an extra layer of like them getting quoted back. And I think I know I like it. People say, oh, you, you said something smart, you know, like, wow. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a great idea. I love pulling out, especially, I mean, something really relevant and something that's easy for people to really just sort of recognize. It's kind of nice. Yeah. And I found I was, when I started my lesson learned, I was doing audio snippets before, which took a bit of work because you got to listen and figure yes. out a snippet and all and fit yeah. it so it's less than a minute so it can go on Instagram and all right. that. The what the posts that do better for engagement are just straight up posts, but with a picture of the guests. People love that, and they love it. They, you know, their face, and it's I don't know. It's it's more promotional for them. Mm -hmm. And once Kristen upgraded our social to, to start doing that, it, they were much better. Than oh, that's mine. fantastic. <laughs> well, so one thing I want to mention because I think this is really cool. You were talking about people sharing the post. Um, because you guys earlier, a couple of months ago, you had a post that went kind of crazy, sort yeah. of viral, right? Have you yep. ever been able to figure out what where that no. came from? No. So we had a show that went to like 15,000 downloads. And no, we haven't. It And it, it was like about, a week. Yeah, yeah. And it, yeah. then it kept going and kept going and kept right. going. And right. so, which is funny, I was just looking at our stats to prepare for this. I'm like, oh, what are, you know, the most popular ones? And it still goes, you know, up, 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 a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, huge spike, <laughs> blah, 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 you know, it's like, you know, and you try as the editor, as a producer to think like, what could we replicate that? And like, no, we don't know. We don't even know why, but it was exciting when it was happening. Yeah, it was very exciting, but I think it's also a good indicator of the fact that, um, you know, pieces of content do get shared that way, right? And you yep. don't necessarily know how, but you're expanding your reach and, and people are, you know, again, that got shared obviously with a large community who just sort of kept expanding it, which is fantastic. Yeah. I, I wish, I really wish I did a bunch of Googling to try and figure out where it was, if it was in like, you know, on Fast Company or CNN put it on their homepage. I mean, I don't know, right? Yeah. But it was or like cool. Serbia. We don't know. We don't know where they <laughs> came from, you know? Yeah, we don't know. Um, so couple things as before we wrap up here, I want to ask if somebody is thinking about podcasting or it's on their sort of list of things they want to do this year, later this year, what have you, what one or two tips would you give them in their sort of planning and getting started phase? I would open your mind up to the idea of doing a short season, you know, like, like give yourself a beginning and an end. Um, do like me and never stop. <laughs> that, you know, oh my God, you know, like 95, it just makes my head explode. But, you know, I'm proud of it, but like, oy. but um, the concept of like, there are a lot of limited run podcasts. And if you're coming in new, think, okay, what are six episodes I could do? Yeah. Give it a try. And then map them out, do them and pre-record them, like have them and then either let them all drop at the same time or let them go out weekly, whatever it is, but do them early that, you know, don't, don't record for that week. Cause also when you go and I'm not, I'm not going to say anything <laughs> when, when you write, people do it all the time and then say, Oh, we've decided to slot this show in and then <laughs> re them all. Be very apologetic. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, that's never happened. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And, and it's totally, and, and it's always Raquel because she's the smart one. Raquel will say, you know, we really should do something because of X. And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> she's completely right. Yes. We do it. And I'm so happy we did do it. But then it means all that work I did that's like three months ahead. I have to go in and then like I write you those maps where I'm like, yes. okay, this one goes this week and this one yeah. is now this week. But this one I'm going to move. And yeah. <laughs> so my tip is, you know, plan ahead and be open to whatever. But definitely think if you have guests. Think about your guest's experience on your show in that, like, what can you do to make it like like you would for a dinner party or like, you know, you had somebody over or it's like as if you're at one of those like networking events and you're in a circle with all your friends and you see someone you kind of know, you open the circle and let them in, you know, like bring them in and tell them, oh, we were just talking about X and bring them into the conversation. Have we brought you in? You really have good. brought me in. See, you okay. sent me a note. You told me what you wanted to talk to talk about. And see, I knew. So I'm good. I also know you guys. And you've put up with me changing dates for a podcast, oh, podcast well, episode. You know, you're great to work with. And you're not the only one. And sometimes it is appropriate. Like we had, again, when COVID stuff all started, you know, a little, I don't know. Absolutely. Last April. I mean, there, there are times when it's necessary to yeah. interject some yeah. current content. So. Yeah, I mean, things happen that just, you know, need to be addressed. And the type of podcast that you have also, I, I wouldn't call it sort of newsy. I mean, it's obviously stuff, but, but it's about what's happening in the workforce yeah. right now. And my goodness, there were some huge changes. <laughs> You'd be crazy, like be like, oh, we're not going to talk about that till July because we've already pre-recorded a bunch of information. That would have been crazy. And you got to know us after there were episodes where poor Raquel was, she was dropping one child off at some lesson and she was in a basement laundry room trying to, I'm like, Raquel, we could do this later. And that's where I say, like, you could record early and have, you know, it's all right. Like life happens. That's that's part of the reason why we try to be early is because she and I both have two kids and jobs and And stuff, you know, like, and life happens. So we try to be a little ahead of ourselves so that if life happens and this week is not going to happen, that's okay. You know, yeah, which is good. So for people that don't know you or have not listened to Breadwinners yet, give us, we always ask for, give us one, ideally two episodes that you think would be good for people to listen to get both a little bit to get know you and Raquel a little bit, but also to get a flavor of the podcast in general. What would you send them to? We will make sure to also yeah. link to these in the episode notes. So it's really easy for people to, well, your whole show all together, but these two in particular, will make sure it's easy for people to find. Sure. I thought episode 90, which is breadwinning and the hidden burden of pandemic vaccinations, which is a mouthful. I I apologize. Sometimes I have sometimes I have much better puns in my headlines, but I like this one. This is Raquel and me talking about something, a problem hiding in plain sight, which is yay for the vaccinations. Right. Boo for how complicated it is to get your mom to get a vaccination. And guess who, you know, that burden is weighing down on, it's the same person who's dealing with all the homeschooling. And so what does that mean? And it's just, you know, kind of piecing out some of the ideas of breadwinning, which is essentially we're talking about, you know, working parents, having this added burden to make the vaccines um, roll out for their own family members. So I like that one. That one's episode 90. Great. And then, um, one of our uh, most popular interview uh, episodes is the Good, Bad, Ugly 
pandemic life. They're both a pandemic related ones, I guess, um, which is episode 56. Mm-hmm. And that is with uh, Natalie Kosis, who I used to work with in my craft magazine days. Um, not craft macaroni, but crafts like knitting <laughs> and crochet. And um, she hobbies. hobbies and, you know, skills and whatnot. And she was one of my art directors and she has been documenting life as a single mom with her like oh geez i don't know how her son must be like in first grade now okay and she started it on instagram and just you know we're on when you see her post or like day 400 you know <laughs> oh my goodness and so uh it's it's just like that episode i you watch the numbers they keep like slowly inching up it's just a real breadwinner story of like what it is and she's trying to go back to school and she had to put that on hold because you know, how are you going to work, homeschool, and school? No. Right, right. So um, that's a good one. So that's episode 56. Oh, great. Well, those are both um, good. We'll make sure and let people make it easy for people to find those. They're all good. Yeah, but- they are. <laughs> well, and they're, um, you know, you can tell, hopefully people can tell from this conversation we're having with you today, you know, that Jennifer's really just a real connector of people. I think she just probably doesn't, has never met a stranger. She's really good at I think letting people feel comfortable and that warmth and that kind of stuff comes through also in the podcast, right? It's just absolutely easy for people to hear. It's uh, easy for people to feel like they're connected. Um, and especially, you know, women, I would think all yeah. people, but women in particular are going to really feel a kinship right away when hearing about a lot of the topics that you're talking about. Honestly. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I think there's a lot of research out there that we, it's nice to hear it in a bite-sized thing that like, you mm-hmm. know, people see what's happening, you know, yes. like you feel alone in it, but actually there are a lot of people who are like looking at this and saying, seriously, the childcare crisis is real people, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's about when I see, uh, I can't remember her name, the MS, there's an MSNBC host who has a, uh, I don't know, a couple of school age children. And she's constantly like talk, tweeting about it or putting about some, all of them have on social media. Like, children. excuse me, but hello, like, oh, when know. I used to do um, uh, TV interviews, particularly because the camera would be on and off for a working mother, inevitably the host, the camera would go off for like some commercial break. I'd be on for you know like two minutes with a commercial break, and they would turn to me and they'd say, "Oh my god, I tell you." <laughs> you know? Every single time. And I was always worried about a hot mic. So I never wanted to say something like, yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's so true. Um, anyway, so I hope everybody listening goes and checks out Breadwinners. Definitely connect with Jennifer and a lot of the smart work that she's doing. She also produces a great uh, newsletter called, is it just called The Pause? The pause. Yeah. The pause newsletter.com. You can find yeah. it there. It's on midlife um, women's health. Yeah. Which is fantastic. I love it. It's informational, but also almost always there's something funny that makes me laugh, which I like. <laughs> it's just, it's perfect. Um, so anyway, thank you for being a guest. Thank you for your patience and perseverance with us today. We really yes, appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you very much. We will let you know when this is airing, which will be, um, uh, in a couple weeks, but thanks so much. And, um, yeah. Well, Let's hear it all to like surviving like pandemic land and and moving forward. Yeah. All right. Thank you. That's our wrap for this episode. We hope you found today's sound advice helpful. Let us know what you think by leaving us a review. You can get more resources at podcastsoundadvice.com. Until next time.
This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM. Women's voices amplified.